Welcome back. It's the Ways to Flourish podcast where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I'm Ginny Helmendaller. And today we are chatting cycling with some folks from the Bike Alliance. Charlotte Russell, a junior majoring in anthropology, and Drew Laird, who is a senior majoring in... Camps. What is that? So it's uh, computational and applied mathematics and statistics. It's a mouthful, but basically it's just like math, econ, computer science all at the same time. A lot of fun things that I would not find myself doing. Yeah, I thought I was going to be an English major, so I didn't either. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm glad there are people out there doing that work. (laughs) But today, we're here to talk about bikes. So what do y'all do? So we are both student leaders for William & Mary's Bike Alliance, um, which means we're basically student liaisons between William & Mary's student campus, faculty, staff, and we're technically under the parking and transportation department, so we provide services to students. Yeah, when we organize events, uh, we interact with the faculty. We also try to promote bike use in general on campus because, I mean, clearly we like bikes. Uh, we wouldn't be the leaders of the bike lines if we weren't. This program was, like, launched for student leaders last year, so that's when I first got the position when I was a junior. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask, like, how long student leaders have been a thing and then also just, like, how long the Bike Alliance has been around because as I was doing research for this mm-hmm. beforehand, like, the website, it's really cool and it seems like the story of how it came to be was really cool the bike alliance precedes us like a long time i was participating in rides since i was a freshman because i had always brought my bike on campus apparently it was huge back in the day like there was 30 40 people wow faculty professors everyone was on it and then over time i think as people graduated it kind of died down a little bit so when i started as a freshman it was like 10 people but it's been a really cool opportunity to like take the reins with something that has so much history to see what I can do with it, what mark I can leave on it. Yeah, like Drew said, it's it's sort of changed over time. I think around early 2010s, um, one student sort of took sort of like a public planning project and mixed it with cycling advocacy as well as just the love of cycling and brought it to Rich Thompson at Student Leadership Development. Mm-hmm. And they sort of created this organization um, that was then taken by the Parking and Transportation Department. So back then it was a lot more of cycling advocacy, um, going to city council meetings and promoting safe cycling in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And since then, uh, Williamsburg has gotten a bronze, I think it's a bronze medal in cycling safety. And as that has been achieved in Williamsburg, we've sort of turned more to the student engagement and just getting people to get out and ride. Mm-hmm. As someone who's from Williamsburg, like, it is really nice. Yeah, I am a townie, okay? (laughs) That's just what it is. I know what y'all say about them, but it's me. Break the mold. Anyways, it has been so nice in this community to watch over the course of time, and I guess I would date it back to around the, you know, 2010 range, where biking accessibility has become just so much more visible and even seeing the new apartments were placed and like the intentional inclusion of like the biking lanes there and then also around the parks and things so that's wonderful and our conversations with the bike alliance i just was amazed with the connection to health and wellness and and our multi-dimensional approach how so much of the work that's done there and what's achieved through participating connecting with bike alliance Mm -hmm. um, is just totally in line with um, so many dimensions of wellness so what are the main benefits um, that you all find like from a physical health perspective emotional health why biking for you Um, so for me in high school I played a lot of sports um, and they were very high impact like I was getting concussions I was getting trampled Um, And so I came into my sophomore year looking for something that would build community, but also I could do it alone or I could do it with a a group. 
And cycling is a super low impact sport. All your weight is going onto the bike and none of your weight is in your body. And so I found it easier on my muscles. Um, and even when you ride over a hard bump, you can adjust your body so that it doesn't hurt. I found like my sort of experience with cycling started off. I don't know. I, I never really expected I would be into biking. When I was a freshman, I was extremely sedentary. Uh, like I, I was not taking care of myself and I brought my bike on campus. I'd always had it because my dad, a lot of people say this, my dad was into cycling. So he wanted me to get into it. So he had bought me this bike. And next thing you know, I go on this bike alliance ride. I meet Rich Thompson and I have all these complications with my bike and he ends up helping me out. And I think it kind of revealed to me like the positive aspect of the community around cycling and how friendly of a sport it is and how like everyone looks out for each other. And while there is competitive aspects to it, I would say it's like a very welcoming community. And on top of that, in terms of like the physical benefits, I think especially during COVID for me, this story this is the one that I tell everybody. I was being passed by this dude that was like in his 60s and he was in like full cycling kit. And I was like, oh, okay, like I'm 18 years old. Like I should be able to keep up with this guy. So me thinking I'm a hot shot, like I'm trying to like catch up to the guy. I chase after him for like five miles. And then- Is this a random guy? Yeah, just okay. a random guy. It's just this dude in his <laughs> Did 60s. Did he know you were like secret racing him? Like or... looks behind him and he sees you. <laughs> was, like, a you know, I don't know if he looked back. Yeah. I, I don't remember, but like I was very much trying hard to catch up to him. And over like the course of the five miles, eventually I just completely gassed myself trying. I have to give up. And I was just like sitting there panting and I'm like, wow, I'm 18 years old. I'm approaching the physical problem of my life. And I just got passed by a dude in his sixties. Like, and it's not like I had an excuse. Like I was on a pretty good bike. There was no excuses. So I was like me being the spiteful person that I am. I would go out every day, genuinely looking for this guy. I remember what he was wearing. He had a blue Jersey. He had a white and red bike. And I would always go, I was like, man, I need to prove myself. Like I'm getting faster every day. And every day I would get faster. Every day I was having more and more fun on the bike. And then it ended up not becoming about finding this guy. And it just more became like, I'm oh, glad. my God, I'm getting really fast. Like, I'm improving. <laughs> I'm actually pretty decent at this. And so just going from, like, being sedentary and getting destroyed and dusted by this old guy to, like, biking hundreds of miles to the point where I've gone on some crazy journeys. Like, it's just, like, the personal growth for me is that I never expected cycling would be a part of my life. And then it just sort of happened to me is a way that it always I don't know it's the way I kind of think about it yeah so what are the, some of the places that biking has taken you so definitely around Williamsburg I like I can't even imagine what I would have seen without my bike we go to so many different local parks we've biked out to Charles City County we're hoping to go out to Richmond this year just park wise locally it's it's amazing you'll never see that with uh, a car or if, even if you don't have a car on campus and then for me I'm from Northern Virginia and we have some great trails out there along canals that are really pretty. And my favorite thing I did this summer for cycling, I took my bike down to the Great Smokies National Park wow. in Tennessee. And we did, my dad and my sister brought their little bikes too. I had my, I had my fancy road bike, but they, they were good sports and <laughs> brought their mountain bikes. And we did a loop called Cade's Cove Loop that's closed to motorists one day a week. And it allows cyclists and pedestrians to go through this I think it's about 12 mile loop um, going through the Smokies and into these valleys. So I did two laps of that. And on one of the laps, I had to slam on my brakes because there was a bear 10 feet in front of oh me crossing God. the road in a blueberry patch. Is so that Tennessee? That was in Tennessee. Yeah. Huh. That sounds frightful, but also charming it as he's really cool. strolling yeah. through. It was definitely frightening. I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was really, it was really pretty and it sort of reinforced why I like cycling. That's awesome. And then you 
have recently had a trip, you said, a couple of weekends ago, mm-hmm. heading off to Charles City. Is that a ride that's on the Colonial Capital Trail? Yes. Oh, yeah, so yeah. last, I guess that would be last fall, our sort of capstone ride for the semester um, was a trip starting at Chickahominy Riverfront Park, mm-hmm. which is still, I think it's still technically in James City County. Yeah. Um, we drove there in our vans and then we got out and we biked along the Virginia Capitol Trail um, up to Charles City County. And we had lunch at Cole's Courthouse, Cole's Courthouse which is, is a fantastic, man. fun family restaurant. And the weather was beautiful. It was like a, the perfect fall day. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. was, it was great. It was super gratifying at the end of the semester because I remember when we first started, there was only like five people that showed up to the first ride. Like the club was very much not very active. And then like being able to see like how many more people we got into the ride and like the physical benefits as well that you can get from cycling and seeing them grow as riders that they were going farther. And that, I don't know, they were meeting each other and being around each other, enjoying what they were around mm-hmm. is really, I don't know. It was a really important moment for me personally. When, when you're going through life and you're in a car and you're going to from location to location, it's about the end destination. And then when you're in the car, it's just that like limbo phase in between life's moments. But when you're on the bike, it's about enjoying being there in the moment and watching things slowly unfold and being with other people that you like being around. And that's what I really think is like the important part about that ride and why it, it mounts so much to me at the end of the semester. So what are some of your favorite rides? Okay, so I mean, I can I can go on for this for a while, but some of the first rides I started doing were just around Connecticut. Um, one of the biggest rides I did was the beginning of this year. I biked from my hometown in Avon, Connecticut, to New York City. It was 113 miles. Oh wow! I did that in like 25 degree, so I was like freezing oh, the whole time. But I did it all in one day. Almost got hypothermia. That was crazy. And then I studied abroad in Europe, and I biked through the Sierra Nevada mountains in southern Spain. Like up through the mountains in Granada, and then I went to Nice, France, and I biked in like the mountains uh, in the Côte d'Azur. It's like uh, I climbed up like some Tour de France grade climbs and stuff like that, which was really cool for me because I, when I was a freshman, I was sedentary; I could barely run a mile. And then now I'm climbing up the same mountain that people that are, like are professional cyclists are going up. So it was like amazing moment. But the ride that was the best for me, I think, when I was abroad was. I biked across Italy. So I started in Florence and then over the course of four days of riding from Florence, I biked to Orvieto, which is this town in Umbria. So that was 120 miles, 8,000 feet of climbing. And then the next day, immediately after I biked 75 miles to Rome, spent a day in Rome, explored the Vatican. And then from Rome, I biked 146 miles to Naples. And then I spent the day in Naples. And then from Naples, I biked to the Amalfi coast, which was 40 miles. And then along the way I biked up, uh, you know the mountain that killed, or like the volcano that killed the people in Pompeii? Mm-hmm. I biked Vesuvius? up that mountain. Yeah, Vesuvius. You, you biked up I, I can Vesuvius. show you pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I can show you pictures. I have a picture of me at the top of Mount Vesuvius. And then over the summer, my last one that I'm really proud of is in P- Massachusetts. There's this ride called the Penn Mass Challenge. I don't know if anyone's heard it in the South, but it's really big in Massachusetts. Basically, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. I think the single biggest fundraiser athletic event in the U.S. And they raise like, I don't know, like 40, 50 million for cancer. And so I raised $7,500 to bike 186 miles from Sturbridge, Massachusetts, all the way to the tip of Cape Cod, which is Provincetown. So I did that over the course of two days with a couple thousand people. And that was like absolutely amazing. Like the, the ability to transfer something that I ca- I'm so passionate about. And then I also raised money for my aunt who had breast cancer. Uh, like I never could imagine that I could make it like a positive impact in the world like that just by doing something that I love. So 
Yeah. How often do you usually ride? I mean, I guess I assume you just every day, everywhere. So, I mean, like, obviously, I commute to class every day. Um, in general, I mean, over this year, I've biked close to 5,000 miles total from year to date, which, again, like, I would never expected. Uh, I've literally I driven that many. In the, yeah, yeah, freshman year. I, I, I keep reminding myself of that. Like, it's all every of the year guy. it just gets me. It, literally, <laughs> literally, it's like he has no idea the impact that he had on my life, and I'll never see that guy. So, One yeah, I, I bike Wawa. a lot. I'll just pass on by casually. <laughs> so, okay, we've talked about all of the physical and mental health reasons. So, mm-hmm. could we talk a little bit more, too, about the environmental and just convenience reasons of having a bike? Because this campus is so bikeable. Like, Lindsay, you said you're a townie, but I'm from a place where there are no bike lanes, like super mm-hmm. rural, which like a lot of windy forest roads, which mm-hmm. like you can physically bike on there, but will you be okay? Probably, probably not on some of those. Yeah. So how is it like being on campus with a bike? I think it's extremely convenient. I mean, as someone who lives sort of farther off campus, it's super easy to get to class. Um it's sustainable. You don't have to pay for gas. Like you might have to pay for a little bit of maintenance here and there just to keep your bike safe. And then between classes, you like, instead of a five minute walk between your buildings, it's a one minute bike and you lock it up and you're inside. Um, And then also as someone who has like lived on campus for a few years without a car, it's really nice to be able to get to a store. You can get to Colonial Williamsburg. My favorite activity is when I'm doing homework, I just step out of the library, I get on my bike, and I bike down to the end of Dog Street um, oh, just yeah, to nice see, to just like it, take a little break. And it only takes 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but it's it's really nice to be able to step away and get outside. It, it like I mean, I, I get my groceries on my bike. Mm-hmm. Just as a form of transportation, cycling is definitely increasing. Uh, for anyone that's trying to buy a bike right now, I mean, one thing you'll notice is prices are like hiked up really high right now because there are shortages. I'm trying to buy a bike right now. I've been up trying to upgrade for the longest time. I can't get one. Part of that is we can expect infrastructure to improve. I know a lot of people are afraid of being on the road. I'm also from a place where there's no bike lanes. And I'm so into biking that I'm okay with that. Like I'm used to having a car near miss me like constantly on the road. And I know not a lot of people want to have that experience or feel comfortable in that environment. But I think with the increase in the amount of uh, bikes people are buying, more, there's more interest, especially with gas prices increasing in commuting to work by bike. And then not to mention also the physical benefits of doing so. Like people that commute to work have been demonstrated to have like lower levels of stress. They're less likely to have cardiovascular issues. So I just think biking in terms of a form of transportation is increasingly practical, especially, obviously I'm not expecting if you live in the middle of nowhere and you have to commute 20 miles to work, you're not going to bike to work probably unless you're really into it. But I mean, studying in Amsterdam, which is where I studied abroad, everybody bikes to work. I bike to class every day. And like for me, seeing what they had set up is a perfect example of like how this is like an actual reasonable form of transportation and how it's possible. And then also on top of that, when you have people that, okay, like I don't want to show up everywhere sweaty, there's e-bikes. And e-bikes have also been skyrocketing in sales. They're, They're very difficult to get right now. And they do save you money. And they can get you to places sometimes faster because you exert less effort. They get you there quicker because you're being assisted by the electrical motor in the bike. Um, and it's just like in terms of a form of transportation, I definitely think biking is viable. 
this past semester for my junior year, I finally have brought a bike. It's like a super old bike, over 20 years old, just mm-hmm. sitting in the garage. I but see you came in with the helmet. So. Yes, it's a, been a game changer. Like making a trip to the wreck or something, a 15-minute walk into a five-minute ride and like not being late for things, mm-hmm. That's it's great. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed a lot this semester compared to last year that there are tons of bikes on campus. You see mm-hmm. a bike rack and it's almost all the way full, which is really exciting for us because that's – more people that we can try to get to come to our events. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it also is more people that maybe don't know how to ride safely. And something that we we really like to do with the Bike Alliance is teach people how to safely ride on roads. Do not ride in the opposite bike lane, going opposite direction of traffic. That is extremely dangerous. Yeah. That is how you get another cyclist killed by forcing them into traffic. I see that every day going to campus. Um, really? And so part on the main of roads? on the main on Jamestown Road, I saw it yesterday. You're like it's it's extremely unsafe. Um, yes, you can do that as a pedestrian, but not as a cyclist. You take up much more space. So something that we like we like to do is table and give out safety information, which not everybody wants to come up to a table and look yeah. at safety information. <laughs> but it's really important, um, especially for that physical well being. If you're riding unsafely, you can get injured. You can get in a crash. And that's not good. There's so many inspirational stories, but there are also some very, you know, Mm -hmm. true, raw, sad stories that go along with it, too. And I see it also pedestrian safety and bicyclist safety, Mm -hmm. especially in close proximity to this, the campus. Like, it's so helpful when we know the rules, people understand the rules and do things to keep not only themselves, but then, you know, those around them protected. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some other safety tips that you have? So it's easy to think of, like, Biking is like, okay, like I learned how to bike when I was eight years old. I know what I'm doing. But there is like road etiquette that you learn over time that I've learned over time just by riding. One example is if you're taking a turn, you absolutely have to signal. You should point with your finger. And like if you can't ride one handed, you shouldn't be on the road. That's a safety concern because cars need to know what direction you're heading in. Another thing is when there's people riding behind you, you need to know how to signal when you're stopping. Cars get angry because bikes want to be treated like cars. We want people to respect our space. And if that's the case, then we should do the same thing for cars. And part of that is people that drive, they signal and they give people space. And you also need to be able to like yield to pedestrians and just have like a a general road awareness. And that just comes with time or training, which is the things that we're offering. We also offer um, beginner and intermediate cycling skills clinics, um, which focus on both how to ride the bike physically, like what techniques you should be using to be able to sustain yourself for multiple hours, um, but also how to do a little bit of maintenance. Like if you get a flat tire on the side of the road, how can you safely change your inner tube um, so that you can keep going or get somewhere safely? Mm-hmm. And also, our f- I think how to ride in a group is another thing that yep. we, we try to teach people because once if you ride up really close to someone, it's it can get dangerous. It takes a lot of practice to be able to read another cyclist. Um, so in our group rides, we do try to teach people the proper etiquette for that. Yeah, etiquette is a huge part of it, and obviously the mechanical part of it, too. And, like, that's another thing with biking. You should be taking care of your equipment because you're not only putting yourself at risk, you're putting the people around you at risk. When it comes to road safety, the ultimate thing is just predictability. And if you're not predictable and you're not respecting other people, then you're putting yourself at risk. And speaking of taking care of your bike, tell us about Mechanical Mondays. Our favorite event from 3 to 5. We do hire – his name's Rob. He works at Red Barn Bikes. So he's a seasoned mechanic. He comes by. I mean, like, we try to advertise this, but, like, people who have bike issues, we will fix your bike for free. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no catch. There's, like, 
no contract. Like, you come on Monday between 3 to 5, we will fix your bike for free, and the school will pay for all the equipment. And if you can't make that time, as student leaders, you can also reach out to us personally. And, I mean, I'm, I'm paid for the work I do. So, yeah, ask, ask me to fix your bike. I'd love to get paid for that. And where else can you get your bike fixed for free? Nowhere, people. Think. The There's answer nowhere. is nowhere. Unless you do it yourself, which you also teach those skills mm-hmm. and these um, processes, right? Yeah. That's really cool. That's awesome. So cool. So how can folks on campus who might not currently have a bike around, um, you rent them out. So how can people get connected to that? So generally, we recommend that people check out our website. Um, the Bike Alliance has a page under the tra- Parking and Transportation Department, and there we have a form for rentals. Um, but usually we just have people who have joined our Slack. They reach out to us saying that they're interested in going on a group ride, but they they don't have a bike on campus. Um, and then we individually set up an appointment with them, um, and we'll get a bike that the, that's the right size and that's in good working condition, um, and we'll do all the paperwork. And then you ride off with a helmet. <laughs> Listen, a helmet is very important, especially uh, if you have less experience because you ne- like you never see the crash coming. Mm-hmm. And when you do, I mean, at that point, it's already too late. Yes, headgear is extremely important. I've crashed multiple times. I have also cracked a helmet before. So it is a very important, if you're on your bike, you just wear the helmet. It, it's really not that hard. Even on campus, too, those bricks get slippery and you break the wrong way, your back tire will spin out behind you and you'll, you'll crash. Yeah. And... Of course, wear it on a major road. You never know what a car is going to do. You never know if you're going to hit a hole, a pothole wrong. I think one time I got stuck in between the concrete platforms on the on the Colonial Parkway. Oh, I And yeah, I, I got, I spun out and scraped up that the side of my, crash, it was yeah. my first crash, but I scraped up the side of my handlebars and my pedals and my leg. So, and ripped through my cycling shorts that yeah. I just purchased. <sighs> like a real pro though. Like, look at that. And good thing I'm sorry I didn't about the hit loss, my head. But. Yeah, you just never know. It could just, you know, one loose rock away from disaster. Exactly. So just strap it up, right? Mm-hmm. This is amazing, all of the work that you all do. I'm just a big fan of uh, everything that the Bike Alliance has to offer. It just makes, you know, a sense of community, you know, the physical components of it, money-saving opportunities exactly. and impact on your environment and your physical well-being. I mean, it just has it all. It's just lovely to chat with you all and hear more about all of the work that's being done. Yeah. Charlotte, Drew, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah. And yeah, we wish you the best of luck on wherever the bike journey takes you next. All right. Thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Jenny Helmendaller. 